ministry of Nelson Ehiago. Be stirred as you listen. So this month we have been looking at the topic titled what? Come on, talk to me. We've been looking at what? And um, today, today is more of a recap service. So we're going to be looking at joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Hmm. So I just put together some things that, that, you know, I had taught through the series, but necessary to probably re-emphasize. Let me start by saying this. Listen. I've said this again and again since church started. And I'm going to say it yet many more times. The church. Please, are you here? If you're here, say amen. Those on this side, say amen. Those on this side, say amen. Thank you. The church is not a restaurant. I've said that many times and I'm going to say it again. Church is not a restaurant. What do I mean by that? We don't exist to meet every pleasure. Please, are you with me? We don't exist to meet every pleasure. We don't, you know, so a lot of people come to church with that mindset. Let me see what will happen. So, you know, we come to church and then um, when we arrive, it's like, eh, the music is good, but... You know, um, the prayers are cool, but, you know. So, the reasons why to be in church or to not be in church is about us. It's not about God. Any Christianity that is man-centered is not serving the Jesus of the Bible. Christianity that is man-centered is not serving the Jesus of the Bible. Christianity that is man-centered is serving man. You know, I saw an apologetic question. Someone was asking that, you know, when we look at the Bible, why is it that the Bible was man-made and whatnot, whatnot? And he said, then how come the things that are written in the Bible, right, go against every desire that man wants to act upon? Jesus said to daily carry your cross and follow. It means that the things that... um, The appetites that actually are keen to us, that are second nature to us, Jesus says those things will have to die to follow him. So I say it again. A Christianity that is man-centered. Let me say this. I heard a man of God put it this way. He said, a God you serve the way you like, you are its God. A God you serve the way you like, you are its God. So, and that's exactly why a lot of people don't take their work with God or the things of God serious. Because when it comes to the things of God, um, every stream leads to the river. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every stream leads to the river. So, any way is a way. Are you getting me? Or in, in my 
Nigerian parlance is um, at all at all. Nine bad past. That's the mindset people have. And I've been saying this again and again. It doesn't make sense. Ah. It doesn't make sense if we keep coming to church Sunday after Sunday. Midweek service after midweek service. Camp meeting, everything. And all we are coming to get is a new level. A breakthrough. A better you. Your better life. You. 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 Who is serving who? Who is serving who? So, many people, you know, there's a, there's a sermon I'm going to teach later. Right? The, um, probably called the attributes of God. And the reason, a lot, the reason why that sermon is important is because many people are serving a figment of their imagination, not the God of the Bible. Please, are you with me? Are you offended? I don't care. Many people are serving a figment of their imagination, not the God of the Bible. They are serving a God that looks like them. Rather than a God whose image they are supposed to conform to. Can I say that again? They are serving a God who looks like them, rather than a God whose image they are supposed to what? Conform to. So, it shows when we consistently keep coming to church... And the word of God is not changing us. The word of God has no place. Some people even come to church to appease that guilt we have when we don't go to church on Sunday. If that is it, don't go to church, please. It's a waste of time. If anything, the word of God being taught will harden you. Are you with me? Rather than the word to help, it will harden. It will harden. If anything, what that will do is it will harden us Rather than help us. So there is absolutely no point for us to keep teaching. If the word of God is not going to touch us or change us. No encounter with the word of God leaves you the same. Please are you here? Let me say that again. No encounter with the word of God leaves you the same. You are either mended by the word or you are hardened by that word. Or you are hardened against the word. Let me explain. If we teach, if I teach on forgiveness and how you should forgive people and whatnot, right? You are either better by forgiving those who have hurt you or you've heard that word and you refuse to forgive others. Therefore, you are training your heart to be militant against forgiveness. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's exactly why we, are, we keep on doing these teachings on joy. Because the word of God must touch. Say amen. Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-three. Where does the believer's joy come from? Where does the believer's joy come from? And when we talk about the joy of the believer, we are not talking of something circumstantial. We are not talking of something circumstantial. We're not talking of that excitement you get when money hits your account. We're not just talking of, and you should be excited when money, is there anybody here who is not excited when money hits their account? If you're not clear your account and send it to me, I will be excited. Alright? It's not, it's not a joy that is circumstantial or a joy that is based upon what is in your hand or what is not in your hand. 
what is in your life or what is not in your life. It is a, it is a miracle. You know, I've said this again, that Christianity is a miracle of what? Changed desires. A man who is born again is the man who has now come to love the things he used to hate because his heart has been changed. So many people are, they don't really understand Christianity because they are trying to live the Christian life without first knowing that it is God that is at work in you both to what? Will and to do of his good pleasure. So it's okay you are trying to do, but if you do, if you want to do without understanding that he's at work in you to do and he has empowered you to do, what you are doing is you are putting the cart before the horse. Praise Jesus. Look at this. He said, this shall be my, the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be what? My people. I will be their God and they shall be my people. If you, give me um, um, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36, 26. He said, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of flesh. Go back to um, Jeremiah 31. It says, this is the covenant that I will make. So, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10 that the old covenant was faulty. Therefore, a new covenant was made. Are you with me? The old covenant was faulty. So, a new covenant was made. In that new covenant that was made, the heart of stone was the heart of stone was taken away and the heart of flesh was given in the new covenant the law was written on our hearts praise the lord so god is not just telling you to obey him god has empowered you to obey him so the believer is someone who used to be against god who used to not, I mean, think about your Christian work. You, who didn't used to exile, I mean, additionalize the ex greatest example here. You who used to hate God and chase women, have you? You who used to hate God and all that, thing. now you love God. In fact, by yourself, you went to YouTube, opened the sermon and watched it. Remember the same you used to find sermons boring and used to be forced to church. But what has happened is a miracle that has happened in your heart. Your desires have been changed to become Godward. So if God tells us to do, he has empowered us to do. The Christian life is an empowered life. Is an empowered life. So where exactly does the believer's joy, the believer's consecration, the believer's excitement for the things of God, where does he come? He comes from the spirit within. It comes from the spirit within. In the new nature is everything that gives you the capacities to live the Christian life. There is no Christian that cannot live the Christian life. Because as far as you have been given the Holy Ghost and your inward parts have been changed, you are empowered to live that life. Say amen. So, the believer does not just look at the things of God and is bored. See, it is strange. Please, are you here? It is strange for the believer not to love the things of God. That is what is strange. 
Because how can your heart have been changed and you don't like the things of the one who changed your heart? Anyways, I wrote it this way. How does the believer see this joy? The first thing is revelation. Matthew chapter 13 verse 44. I'm going to run through this so we can flow with things of spirit. Matthew 13 44. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man, go, a man had found, he hideth and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he has and buys that field. So look at this. The joy of that man is in what he has found. So, everything that he sells to get what he has found is worth it. Everything that that man, that that merchant sells to get that treasure is worth it. And why is this important? You see, many believers don't experience that joy within because they don't exactly see what they have received. This man saw the value and therefore because of that he with joy sold all that he had. This is Jesus speaking in a parable. Sold all that he had. The same should be true of the believer. You know we talked about joy in the storm. And the thing is this, this joy and this Christian life is primarily powered by revelation. Romans 14, 17. Romans 14, 17. Let's read this like a mass choir. One, two, go. That is not a mass choir. Let's read this like a mass choir. One, two, go. Uh Uh-huh. 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 No, you, you, you missed a good place to shout. Let's do it again. One, two, go. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy. Glory to God. So, so he's saying, that's the response, TJ. He's saying the kingdom of God is not in material things. The kingdom of God is in the immaterial. So, meat and drink will pass away. But what the believer has is righteousness, right standing. What the believer has is peace with God. Say, I have peace with God. And then what the believer has is what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's the topic of today's sermon. Anyways, but it's a recap. I've taught all these things. It's joy in the Holy Ghost. So, meat and drink will pass away, but that joy is constant. That joy is constant. Romans chapter 5. I'm running fast. Romans 5, 1 to 5. It says, therefore being justified by faith, we have what? Say I have peace with God. Come on, say it like it's true. Say I have peace with God. Come on, say it one more time. I have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2. It says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we what? Stand and rejoice in the hope of the what? Glory of God. Next verse. He said, not only so, but we glory. Look at this. We glory in what? Tribulations also. Knowing that what? Tribulations work what? Patience. Next verse. And patience experience. Experience of next verse. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the what? Love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. This verse should tell you that that love of God, that joy in the Holy Ghost is at work in the believer because the spirit is in the believer. 
Go back. Let me see verse 4. Verse 3. Go back to verse 3, I think. It says, but we glory in tribulations. Are you seeing this? It said, when it comes to hard times, we are rejoicing. Ah. When it comes to hard times, the believer rejoices. Why? Because there's something we know. Does this sound like revelation? There is something we know. What does it say? Knowing that tribulation does what? Works patience. So when I'm hitting a hard time, I will only get better for it. Let me tell you who this God is. You know, when you hear that someone is a doctor, what do you hear? You hear that this person has been in the medic, he has been trained for about at least seven years. Minimum, if you are in some universities, is 12. I will mention where they are located. Minimum seven years. Huh? If you hear that, you say that, okay. Uh, so when the person tells you, pull down your trousers, let me inject. You are okay. You say he has been trained for this. But if someone tells you I'm a carpenter, but I can inject. You say, sorry, is this plain? If someone tells you I'm an architect, right, and you give them a particular design, you know they will not build a touch hut for you. Are you with me? When someone tells you I am the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, the one who does not know limitations, he said I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me to do? What this means is that there is nothing that will come around my life that God sees as a problem. So it doesn't matter how hard the circumstances in my life are. I know him who I have believed. I know him. So how many issues have you gone through in your life? You've gone through tough times you thought you will die. You are still standing. You went through tough times you thought you will break. You are still standing. The believer is made to last. I have joy in the Holy Ghost. I glory in tribulations. I glory in tribulations. Hard times may come, but because this God does not see limitations, it doesn't matter how hard it might be. Genesis 50, 20. He said, you meant it for evil, but God, he turned it around. He turned it around for my good. So it looks hard to me because I can't see tomorrow. But the one who sees tomorrow, do you know what the Bible, I, I, will, I will come to that. I don't want to come to that now. The one who sees tomorrow, he's not seeing limitations. And that is the knowledge that we have. He said we glory. He says we glory in tribulation. You know, you can be a believer. The average believer that doesn't know this is one hard time away from backsliding. Is You see, I've got to some testimonies in there. This joy series, it came right in time. If you agree, give Jesus a wiper. It came right on time. Because even me that preaches the first two weeks, I said, now see, you preach joy. You must practice it. So when I come out, I will smile. I will smile. I will say, I will set my affections. My, my state will not, my state will not affect my estate. Amen. Where I currently am will not affect where I'm from. Are, are you getting it now? So you can be a believer and, and never think that good things can come through hard times. We have many believers who are lily livered and spineless. 
Can I, if you were not going to go through hard times, why is long suffering the fruit of your spirit? Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, in this life, you will see tribulations. The way I like to say it, shake is common to all men. Everybody will find their own. So when people say, why do bad things happen to good people? Bad things happen to everybody. Has your, has your, but it's just that it's in different degrees. Has your internet finished one time? You say, this is a bad thing that's happened to a good person. Listen, I want you, when you hit tribulations, I don't want you to feel like, to feel defeated. I want you to know this God, can, he's aware, he will turn it around for my good. First Peter chapter 1 from verse 8 to 9. First Peter chapter 1. This is easier preached than practice, but it's better you know it before that tough time comes. First Peter chapter 1. Look at this. He said, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, Yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and what? Full of glory. Next verse. He said, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Go back to verse 8. He says, the one that we love, we have not seen him in person. Well, I would have said it's a long distance relationship, but he's in you. Amen? So he's not. He said, whom you, see, whom you have not seen, you love him. I mean, if you imagine you had never heard about Jesus, you entered the room and you saw somebody just talking. And like, who are you talking to? God, where is he? You can't see him. You are crazy, fam. But you know what the Bible says? It says, whom we have not seen, we love. Now, let me tell you, the fact that we have not seen him physically does not mean we don't know him. Just take that. He said, in whom don't now, you see him not... Yet, believing, you rejoice. Because the one we have seen, we know him to be true. There's a joy that is in my life. There's a spring in my step. So, I should not know how much money is in your account by how weak your handshake is. I should not know the bad, the hard times you are going through. All the, Now, I understand that sometimes we need people and it's, it's okay to need people. It's definitely okay right but it's not that a hard time you go through the hard time now defines all of you some of us can worship our pain that's the thing our pain has become an idol do you know what i'm going through you're always going through something i'm going through hard times god is helping me how are you i'm just hanging in there where will you be fine and you ask them what happened well um people said hurtful things to me are you the only one I don't want to push what is really in my spirit because some people don't walk out. <laughs> Praise God. The first thing I will do is God is working out things for my good. So I, I, I thought about things that the believer should know. God is working out things for my good. And that's how we sang, I have a very big God. Oh. He's always by my side. A very big God. Oh. By my side. By my If I change it, you, are you not the key holder? I have a very big God. Is that better? He's always by my side. A very big God. (laughs) 
Thank you. Thank you. We don't look like what we are going through. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, because that is true, do you know what the believer, do you know when the believer hits tough times, the believer acts like God. And do you know what God does? The Bible says in Psalm 2, why do the hidden rage? Ah. Why do the hidden rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Why do they stand against the Lord and his anointed? But he that sits in heaven shall laugh. The Bible says, Peter, Peter quoted this verse verbatim in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4. He quoted it and he said, why do they rage? But he said, he does it. So, I behave, when I'm going through tough times, because I know who God is, huh? I love to. So, I look at this, I can feel my pain. I can feel my feelings. I know it is hard. But when I'm done, <laughs> why? Because this pain will not be my end. I'm stronger than the pain. I'm stronger than the pain. When I don't see it, God is working. If I don't see it, God is working. God knows of my pain. And if the pain is there, it means he's aware. He can turn it around for my good. Men of faith. Remember I, I said Jesus was in the boat. And the Bible says the storm was there. And Jesus, they woke up. Jesus, they, Jesus was sleeping in the storm. They said, Master, do you not care that we perish? And Jesus rebuked the storm and he said, Year of little faith, how long will I be with you? Quick question Who was the person of faith? Jesus or the disciples? Jesus or the disciples? Jesus. The disciples were the ones that he rebuked and said they had fear. So who was in faith? Jesus or the disciples? What was Jesus doing in the storm? So sometimes in the storm, you don't rebuke, you sleep. Sometimes faith doesn't just go over hard times, faith goes through hard times. Men of faith can glide in pain. I'm not saying not to acknowledge your pain. I'm saying in the midst of pain, I can hold together. When things are not working, I can what? Hold together. And this one is very important. Daniel saw Shege this week. Can I get a witness in the house? Uh -huh. But I saw Daniel's tweet. That tweet can only come from the bowels of revelation. He said, I trust God, but even if... He doesn't do it. I will still serve him. I know say pay now. But that is the believer's response. Many believers are one hard time away from backsliding. I'm not doing Jesus again. Jesus is not doing you too. They say I'm not doing again. Because you went through a hard time. Hard times are common to all men fam. But. The Bible says. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego they were in the fire. And they said, oh king, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. He said, our God is able to deliver us. But even if, even if he does not deliver us, he's still good. We will still serve him. So sometimes faith is not just he can turn around. It's even if this God, I still hold the testimony that he is good. He is good. I keep making this example because many of you know there are breakups you saw that you thought your life would end. But eventually you saw this breakup was for his glory. If you can relate, celebrate Jesus in the house. Which kind of people are they date though? See the way they are real love. Amen.
Nothing I go through is worthy to be compared with the glory of God that will be revealed to me when Jesus comes. Trials will only make me better. James chapter 1 from verse 1 to 4. I've not read this all through the teaching, so I want to read it. James chapter 1 from verse 1 to 4. Next verse. He said, my brethren, count it all joy. James 1, 2 to 4. Count it all joy when you fall into divert. Now, he's not saying when you fall into temptation. He's saying when you are females, when you are faced with temptation. Count it all joy when you fall into divert temptation. Next verse. He said, knowing this, that the trying of your faith does what? Work at patience. Uh-huh. He said, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be what? Perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So, when I go through hard times, patience can be worked in me. When I go through hard times, I'm better for it. A lot of, let me tell you, I beg you under God, don't waste your pain. Don't waste your seasons of pain. When you are going through hard times, go through it. Go through it. Trust God. Pray if you need to pray. Do all those things. Go through it. But at the end of it, some people go through all those things complaining, complaining. Com- Imagine Joseph in the prison, he, in Potiphar's house, he complained. In the prison, he complained. In, um, where else down? In the prime, in the... In the, in the pit, he complained. In the prison, he complained. In Potiphar's house, he complained. Then he now came out and now said, wow, God finally did it. Don't let that be your story. Joseph didn't do that. When he came out, he said, God, you meant it for evil. God turned it for good. Through that period, and I assure you, Joseph did not start learning how to manage things in Pharaoh's palace. He learned management from Potiphar's house. Are you here? He learned it from Potiphar's house. In fact, the head of the prison liked him that he was also managing in prison. You may be in a job you don't like now. Stay there. Learn what you can from it. You may be going through hard times you may not like now. Stay there. Learn what you can from it. How does a believer maximize this joy? How does a believer maximize this joy? Number one, or let me... The only thing I wrote here actually is not even number one. Practice. Romans 12, 11 to 12. It says, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Next verse. Rejoicing in hope. You see, go back to verse 11. He tells them not to be... Bro. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit. All these things are instructions, right? Answer me. There are instructions, right? Yes, Next verse. Rejoicing in hope. That rejoicing too is instruction. Come on, I want you to joy in the kingdom is not a, is not a feeling. It's an instruction. Because he has worked joy in your heart, you can set your affection. Colossians 3, 1 to 3. Popular verse we've read all through this series. Colossians 3, 1 to 3. He said, if ye then be what? Reason with Christ. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ seated on the what? Right hand of God. Next verse. He said, set your what? Affection on things above. Not on things on the earth. Do you know what he said there? Go back. He said, do what? Set. It is your responsibility to do what? Set your affection. You set your affection. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Next verse. He said, for you are dead and your life is hid with what? Christ 
in God. So because my life is hid with Christ in God, because I'm seated in heaven, I can do what? Set my affection. When it comes to my affection, I set it. Because he has changed my heart and I love the things of God, when it seems like he, he, when it's not seeming like my nature, I will set it. So, like we said, you enforce your what? Uh, you enforce your what? No. You enforce your estate on your state. Estate is where you are from. State is what currently is. Kofo, you don't know English. You enforce your what? Estate on your state. I know. So, David was saying in Psalm 37, 4 to 5, he said, delight yourself in the Lord. David was not saying it was a feeling. He said, delight. It was something you were, you were set to do what? Do. You delight. So, many people... <laughs> Can I talk? I'm going to talk it that way. Many people say, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like praying. Do you think everybody that has a prayer life feels like praying all the time? When I woke up this morning to pray, I said, Lord, <laughs> if I close these eyes for 10 minutes, remember it's 2 a.m. I woke up. So if I close these eyes for 10 minutes, I wake up by 8. I stood up and I started praying. At first, prayer was boring. Then it kicked in. You know that, you know when it kicks in? It kicked in and I kept on praying. Some people say, I don't know why I don't have a prayer life. There is nobody that has a prayer life that doesn't know why they have a prayer why that doesn't know why they have a prayer life you set structures for it i don't know <laughs> i don't know why i'm not reading my bible what do you mean i think that's the question what do you mean you don't know and when people ask me these days i don't pray like i used to i say pray like you used to now if you don't pray like you used to you pray like you used to so a lot of people want to hear, um, you know, you'll be okay. Um, you just need to, you know, practice. Oh, God, pray. Pray. You have become lazy, sir. Pray. If we approach our work with God the way we approach our academics, we will fail woefully, miserably. And let me tell you, every other thing you are good at will stand as a witness against you for your work with God. If you are so good in every, if you've had, ever had an A in a course before, don't tell me you can't understand the Bible. Especially if you had an A or a B plus in a course you did not like. Is there anybody in this house? Have you read for an exam? It was not just papers. It was an exam. You didn't like it. I remember somebody, someone I revere and respect a lot. He said that he got in his CA, he got 13 over 30. 13. And it was now four days to the exam. The exams were, um, they had two tests. So 15, 15. And then the exams were 70. So he wanted to get an A. He had gotten 13 over 30. So you know what he did? He read the textbook cover to cover four times. And of course, you know the answer. He finished. He said, this is it. He submitted. Many of us in our work with God, this is the answer. Go back. You first of all, the answer is here. Delight yourself. Then the answer is also in Colossians three. You set your affection. Let me let me give an example with sin. Is that is that allowed? Let me give an example with sin. Have you met people who say, "Oh my God, 
So your friends call you. Oh my God, I've done something wrong. What happened? What happened? I don't know. I just went to his house. And it just happened. I don't know how it happened. What do you mean? What do you mean you don't know? Who forced you to go? Who forced you to sleep over? And when you slept over, what do you think will happen? Vigil. So he said, I don't know. It just happened. Who is lying to who? Are we wearing pampas here? It's the same way we make examples when we say things like, I don't know. I don't just pray. Ah. Just take your shade though and laugh like it's not you I'm talking to. Take your shade. Those online say amen. And this is this that pro, um, Psalm 37, verse 4 to 5. We say, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. That verse must be balanced with that verse must be balanced with um, 1 John 5. When he said, If you ask anything according to my will, he hears us. Because God will not give you what will pamper and aid your carnality. You know, we, we look for all these things as formulas. So if I delight, God will give me. And we forget that what you are actually doing is not delighting. What you are doing is you are using tips and tricks to look for other things. And we forget that we serve a God who sees all things. So you can't deceive him. I want to say this. Listen, you set your affection. So in a service like this, your mind is wondering. Do you know what you do? You call your mind back and you set it. You set, we, we engage discipline in every other thing, but in our work with God, we give the barest minimum. I assure you, if you pray standing on your feet, you will not sleep. But you lay on the bed and take a fetal position. And then you pray for 10 minutes. You wake up, you say, oh my God, I slept again. What did you think will happen? I said practice, right? If you engage your prayer life consistently, a point will come, you will like prayer. I've said this many times. A few people, now I'm not saying this to make you, to, um, to, to make anybody feel small, but listen to me. After, those of you who know this, know this, after the third hour of prayer, something kicks in. He used to say, I don't know. When you spend protracted time in prayer, a point comes, it's like his autopilot. The same people who say service is too long, prayer is too long, singing is too long, have social media addiction. So we can press phone, four hours have gone. I remember when reels were 30 seconds. Somebody told me that he doesn't know when two hours just passed. I said, you first of all, that's dangerous. Because if it's 30 seconds, um, and two hours are gone. It means you watch 240 videos. Have you gone on reels and you started in pages you know and ended where you did not know? You saw some strange things in the algorithm. And then two hours have gone. Prayer can be like that. I assure you prayer can be like that. I assure you your work with God can be like that. A lot of people want a 15 minute sermon. It cannot be easy. If that happened, I've been kidnapped, cloned. And they put somebody else here. It's not me. The name of church has turned to ETC. Because the truth of the matter is you cannot raise strong believers on a 15 minute sermon. 
We we dance, dance, sing, sing. And I will call upon, come on, just worship them. We do all those things. And then we'll not say, because of our time, a quick word. And people will not read their Bible throughout the week. And you think they will be strong. Uh -uh. Who are we fooling? If it matters to you, if you are going to build strength in it, you will give it time. And the child of God loves the things of God. I've said, my, I've said to myself that for TEC, TEC will grow well, not just grow fast. What do I mean by that? We will not have church swell. We have church growth. We will have people who actually love the word of God. People who actually love prayer. If you don't, this is not your church. Oh. Find somewhere else. And we wish you well. Find somewhere else. The reason why I said practice is because the last terrible thing you saw is not the last you will ever see. It sounds like a prophecy of doom, but it's true. Many of us have not had people that will tell us the truth. The last terrible thing you saw is not the last terrible thing you will ever see. How you handle what you are going through now is preparation for future trying times. Preparation. As I round off, what does this joy mean for the believer? Number one. Those of us who are not taking notes, I hope we are going to listen to this sermon again. So it helps. What does this joy mean for the believer? Number one, it means I delight in the things of God and I show it. Say I delight in the things of God and I show it. Joy that is not shared is not complete. I've said this many times. Many of us have friends who, if we see a funny video on Instagram, we have like four people at the back of our minds we want to share it to immediately. And then if we share it to those people and they don't see it on time, you will call the guy, check your DM now. You must laugh together or the joy is not complete. Have you found a skit or content creator funny that your friend doesn't find funny? And then you say that you are not just as excited. For me, if you don't like lie wasabi, you have a problem. Thank you. The law. I delight in the things of God and I show it. I'm excited. You know, on Tuesday we went for evangelism and I was telling my wife the day before, I said, I'm excited. I'm excited I'm going to share. You know, David and I met, <laughs> David and I met these Muslim brothers that they were talking about Christianity, da, 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 da. And the guy was feeling important. I was passing. We are going back to go and preach towards Aston. And I stopped. I said, ah, I like problem always. I don't want peace. So I stopped. The guy was talking. I said, my brother, calm down. The first Quran came 700 years after the earliest Bible, which was in Fort BC. I'm not an illiterate. I know this thing. It's my field. Calm down. When I finished talking, the guy said, oh, you they confuse me. <laughs> The guy actually left English and went to Pigeon. So when he was saying all those things, I said, bro, your Quran says in Surah, he said, well, I said, calm down. Stop, stop feeling important. Maybe you've met other people and you're happy. You've not met me and other members of TEC. Amen. Calm down. I delight in the things of God and I show when it comes to prayer, I love to pray. 
when it comes to evangelism, I'm there because I like. Listen, when I when you evangelize, your spiritual growth cannot be complete if you don't evangelize. Because when you evangelize, there's a refreshing that comes to you, even as you are sharing the gospel. It's not complete. Number two, what this joy actually means is reverential love and delight. Let me tell you how this practically means. Some songs aren't to be sung and you are quiet. For example, no more veil, no more limitation. I can now see Jesus face to face. The price has been paid. The blood has made a way for me. I can now see Jesus face to face. So when you hear things like that, no more veil. No more limit, no more boundary between the father and I. I can see him. I have seen him. The price has been paid. The blood has made a way for me. Ah, when you hear things like that, there are some songs I can't hear and I'm, and I'm on my seat because it's true. When I hear songs like, um, ah, I'm going to change the key. In Christ alone, my hope is found. What's the next line? He is my life, my strength my song, this cornerstone, this solid ground and through the fiercest hair and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are stilled, when striving cease my comforter my all in all here in the love of Christ I stand. Look at this one. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless faith. This gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save. Till on that cross, as Jesus died. The wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid here in the death of Christ. Go to the fourth verse, the fourth verse, the last one. No guilty life, no fear in death. Hey, this is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final bread, hey, Jesus commands my destiny. Come on, no power of hell, no scheme of man can never block me from his end till he returns or calls me home. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever block me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Hey, here in the power of Christ I stand. You see, these simple things, if you just engage these things, you will see the ministry of the Spirit blossom in your life. 
blossom in your life. A lot of people say that, you know, I love God, I love God. Do you really? The truth of the matter is, God does not just want to be in your life. He wants to be first. The Bible says, seek ye first. God doesn't just want to be sought. He wants to be sought first. So it's not just that I like football, but I like God. I like church, but I like my academics. And, and please do well in your academics. I beg you, I'm going to have a distinction. Do all those things, right? But what I'm saying, you know, normally we study book. Are you getting me now? So what I'm saying is you do all those things, but you don't just seek God. You seek him first. You have him first. God first, others after. reverential love and delight. I can't be in fellowship with God and be checking what's happening on Instagram or WhatsApp or Snapchat. Are you here? Because I don't just love God. I love God more than my phone. So I can't be praying and I'm ratata. Wow. Double tap. That's why many prayers are not powerful. Are you aware? What this joy means, number three, Jesus is my greatest joy. So when times are hard, I won't shake my commitment. Rather, it's an opportunity to act out my joy. When Paul said rejoice again, I say rejoice. He was in prison. He was writing it. Imagine the man that is in prison is telling those that are free to rejoice. And I, I wrote this down. Pain is a revelation. It can color your eyes. It can tint your lens. It will hit us hard that we see no other way but through our through the lens of our pain. So something happened, you hit a hard time and you refuse to try again. No, no. Uh-uh. The pain is not stronger. The pain is not stronger. It did not work, I go again. They covered the well, I dig another one. The pain is not stronger. The pain is not stronger. Never let pain win. You know, uh, my friend and I were talking about a, a report that shows that those who have gotten A's all their life and go to top tier universities, they can't handle failure. When they handle failure, that's the end for them. They can also handle rejections. Because when he hits them, he hits them hard, they have no way back. They have no way back. That's not you, that's not me. Come on, say, I say that's not you, that's not me. When I hit hard times, when I many of you have received many unfortunately, apply again. Apply again. Apply again. You tried the course, it did not work well. Take that receipt again. Take it again. I said the pain is a revelation, but the word of God is a higher revelation. I go again. What does this joy mean? Number four, when my flesh suggests otherwise, I instruct my flesh by the spirit to function as with the spirit. Listen, when you spend time in prayer, you spend time with God's word and you are tired, maybe 10 minutes you are tired, that is working. Your flesh is alive. So 10 minutes you are like God. You know, when you pray for 10 minutes, all your alarms are telling you stop now, stop now. You will die soon if you continue. You will die continue. It means that the flesh, you see, when you can spend long on Netflix, and you can spend long on movies, but you can't tarry with the things of God, your flesh is alive. It happens to all of us. I'm not saying, when I when I realize, I mean, 
Sometimes I want to pray for a protracted period of time. It is that day that after 13 minutes, I'll be saying, is he not done? Has he not had me? I need to stop now. But I will continue. I will continue. Because I'm not just seeking this God for what he can give me. I'm not just seeking. I love this God more than his gifts. So I'm not just, my prayer points don't consist of what he can give for me. Prayer is fellowship. I love you so I will pray. A man of God said prayer is a ministry. He said if there's just one more unsaved person on the earth, he said I will pray. So I've had my, my parents ask me, he said, what are you praying for for this long? Call me daddy man. What I have seen is greater than what money can give me. So I will spend, listen, I started living when I met Jesus. I want to ask, I want to tell you on that God, if you've not seen this God, you've not started living. Purpose begins when you know your creator. Because only the creator can give meaning to the purpose. My, I never used to care about my birthdays. But after I got saved and started living purposefully, ah, every year I count victories. I look and I say, ah, this God, faithful are you, Lord. I started living when I met Jesus. I assure you, money will not, money will not satisfy. As great as money is, career will not satisfy. As great as, do you know, um, a, um, a pastor friend that is in the US, he posted something on his status yesterday. He said, we are all the same, black, brown, white. He said, we all have, we're all the same at the core. We all have the same longings, the same desires, the same, the same and pleasures that are calling for all of us and that's why the gospel is the same answer to all of mankind we all have the same desires rich, poor, healthy sick, all men have a sin problem, all men need access to their creator all men need Jesus drugs will not satisfy sex will not satisfy rebellion will not satisfy, if it was satis if it could satisfy, once would have been enough but there is the one who is sacrificed once was enough for all time. I assure you, if you're under, I'm saying this for somebody, you are under the sound of my voice and your work with God is still doing like this. You have not started living. You have not started living. I want you to encounter this God. This God who is a rock. Hi. I don't know how to explain it. This is the God I encountered in 2012 that rocked my world. Changed my life. That when I got saved, my friends couldn't believe it. They said, Nelson, don't worry, he will come back. But the one I had seen that was greater than my mistakes, that defeated my inconsistencies, that defeated my weaknesses, that's the one I'm still serving and I will serve till I die. That's the God my children will serve. That my children will come into the world and they will even partake of the remnants of daddy's altar. That Lot, that Jacob will see a stone and he will pick it and put his head. Some say that that stone was actually the remnant of the altar of Abraham. That I will lay hands on my children and say, you will not be a stupid boy. You will serve this God. You will live, the, you will live life. You will live life for God to the fullest. Oh, Kadala Wasaila. If some, someone may think you are not the one I'm talking to, that's fine. 
But if you think you are the one I'm talking to, as you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. Obey the Lord today. Today. Be, you believe the gospel is fine, but you will live for him. When my flesh suggests otherwise, I instructed by the spirit to function as with the spirit. Some things must go. That's what the joy means. It means that because some things will rise. Some things don't just rise. They rise at the extent of other things or at the expense of other things. Some say that when someone has a, when people get into a committed relationship, they lose like, they lose about two friends. A statistic said that, a report. They lose about two friends. Why? Because, because when you get the, your attention is finite. Your attention is finite. When you are dispensing on one person, something else has to suffer. Shala, you get that, Abby? As a married man. <laughs> Next, second to the last, this joy must be shared. This God, have, someone said, you don't force your religion against me. It's against my religion not to share it with you. It's against my religion not, I, won't, I can't force you but I will share it. If you say, um, allow people, you can't, you, so, you are not supposed to share your religion. Why are you sharing that with me? Are you not sharing? You are sharing that I'm not supposed to share. I'm sharing what I should share. So if you are telling me I should not share, you too should not share that. If you say the truth is there, you know, there are different truths. A lot of people live their truth. And then you tell me, so truth is just perspective. So you are telling me it should not be shared. I want to ask you, is that true? You say to me, I say, so if it's not true to me, then it's, I can share to you. Please, please, please don't annoy me. Then finally, what this joy means, when I go through hard times, I laugh. Ah. I laugh. When you finish feeling your pain, you laugh. He said, I know him who I have believed. I know he who I have believed. Rise to your feet. I trust you were blessed by the teaching of God's word. Nelson Nihalwan Ministries is a mandate that seeks to see men saved, trained, and sent. For more ministry content, visit us at c.me forward slash Nelson Ihiagwa and for contact details follow on Instagram at Nelson Ihiagwa God bless you